1: I'd like to say about the book is this book was written not to be just a book that people read. It is a book that plays with your soul. It is it is there to awaken a very dormant, ancient part of you that knows you are the creator and creator force. And that the force of creation, whether you call it source or God or universe, is embodied within you and desires to express through and from you to constantly create that you are the vehicle for that and this book allows you to re-engage that playful essence that you are that is light sound and color so that you can continuously create more expansively and step out of a lot of these confines that we have believed the world is
2: (laughs) wow that is so beautiful um and so are we at a turning point in this evolution or this new paradigm or
1: we are in a place different than a turning point. A lot of people in the past uh, talk about turning points, but that's something that's going on on the outside. And even though there appears to be a lot happening on the outside, especially when we look at a lot of the systems in the world or we look at our relationships or our jobs, what's really going on is a turning point and churnings go on on the inside. What's reflected is is on the outside. So there's a churning going on inside where our innards are being stirred up and our emotions that have been pushed down and laid dormant, as well as our dreams and our aspirations, they're all now rising to the surface to be seen, felt, and understood. And if we allow that churning to bring it all up, then all of a sudden we turn that energy into something different, into a transformative, transmuted New form, just like you would take milk and churn it into butter. Uh, that is what's going on with us right now. We're taking what we are and we're churning it into something different. Still the same energy, but now a new form.
2: And I guess the most important part is allow, 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 and be open to um, how you're. Uh, being facilitated to make these changes. How, and in regard to that, how do we create self-imposed limitations?
1: You know, a lot of people are spending their lives trying to be alive. And I think what we have to realize is what we're doing in life is really dying. We're constantly dying to who we think we are, who we've been told we are. We're constantly being asked to let go, but we push against that. That's what struggle is. That's what pain is it's us not letting go of what we think reality is, and so if we can allow ourselves to receive, and if we can open to a place of letting go and saying, I'm willing to dive into the void of a blank canvas, even if it makes no logical sense, then all of a sudden we allow something to happen that is magical. There's another experience in life that most of us have forgotten. And we knew about it when we were children. Because when we were children, magic happened. We saw it. We felt it. We created it. But then we were taught that that was not possible. As children, we lived a blank canvas. We lived in the void. We lived in the moment. As we grew up, we changed all that. So now is that time to say, can I really let go of everything around me that's creating pain or struggle or obstacles? Can I really let go of every identity and personality that I've come to believe that I am so that I can discover my unknown self because that's far greater than what you know about yourself
2: Absolutely Um, and it is really that internal struggle that keeps us um, having excuses and challenges in life and um, keeping us from our highest potential and uh, do you have any um, methods or Information that you want to bring forward on how we can help our other people achieve those higher levels of uh, their potential.
1: Well, one thing I want people to understand is when we look at this word enlightenment, which has become kind of a, a buzzword that people want to talk about as if it's handed to you from somewhere out there. It's handed mm-hmm. to you from this great being or it's this moment of awakening where you're just transported out of your experience and have this um, mystical encounter that is otherworldly. I want to demystify all that. I want to let you know that enlightenment is really only given to you by you. You are in charge of your own enlightenment. You invite it. You invoke it. You initiate it. You allow it. It cannot happen without you, and it will not happen by anyone else or anything else. So the first part of my book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, is about letting go of the bondage and the replication that we all are and the servitude and all these places in life that are as serious as we have become. And then second half of the book is about opening to what is the truth of us, the innocence, the playfulness, the childish nature, the wonderment, all of those things that we have forgotten or we have just decided are not worthy of our time anymore. The difference is Allowing either divine will to come in, magic, inspiration, synchronicity, or deciding we live the way we are living, which is toiling, struggling, working hard, personal will, and making things happen. Now, which one sounds tiring and which one sounds illuminating? Well, we have the choice.
2: I know, We do have the choice, but it's amazing how other people choose the tiring one
1: <laughs> don't we all choose the tiring one that's the silly thing is we're putting ourselves in this
2: I I really try to um, live uh, be perfect love always and in that I find that I'm I 10 to 99% of the time be in the happiness or the joy of, of this human experience and, uh, but I do see struggle all the time around me and sometimes even when people are guided they uh, can't get through that struggle so how do you suggest that we help others at, or and fix undesirable situations?
1: My work in the world especially with the rebel road tour was really about showing people how to bridge the dark and the light and i think that one misconception that we all have whether it is in the inspirational motivational movement or whether it is just in life in general is everyone is saying be more positive be happy why can't you just look at everything in a different way well i'm telling you What if you took where you are and rather than pushing it away and trying to change it, if you really dove more into it? what if you really allowed each moment as it is if it is a moment of happiness and bliss and love then you fully embody the ecstasy of that and if it is a moment where you're in grief and pain and sadness that you let your body sink down to the floor and marinate in it marinate in the juiciness of those emotions and what it feels like and what it smells like and what it tastes like so that you fully know the experience Now, many of you may be saying, why on earth would I do that? Why do I want to feel jealousy or anger or outrage or sadness? That just doesn't feel good. But what I offer you is, how do you know that there's not something beautiful birthing through that from the other side? What if you are not on a journey, but you are the journey? And in being that journey, your only mission here is to be experienced, experiencing itself. And that whatever is happening to you in that sadness or the anger is the experience that essence is trying to have through you just so that it knows it. And once you really allow it in a full-bodied expression, then it doesn't have to happen anymore. But because you keep pushing it away, it has to keep coming back until it has its full embodied expression. And I think that's what children teach us. Because I have a four-year-old child. And that child, when he is giggling and laughing and in his joy, he is the epitome of love and light. He is as bright as the brightest star. And he's so immersed in it. And when he's in a tantrum, He is so immersed in the ecstasy of that tantrum. It is sweat and tears and crying and stomping and screaming. And it is beautiful because he is so caught up in the emotion that everything else has disappeared. And once he allows that, he'll jump right up and go back into whatever else he wants to do. And it's as if it never happened we could learn from that as adults. It doesn't mean that we need to be kicking and screaming on the floor, but what it does mean is we need to honor and revere every emotion that comes through us and give it a space to be seen, heard, and acknowledged.
2: Wow, that was said very eloquently. Just as when you're reading the book, everything is just comes through with a, a simplicity and a clarity that's really amazing and Today's guest, we're talking with Simran Singh, and we're talking about her book, Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and Commitment in the New Dawn. And if you're looking for something that's going to be sensational for you, your friends, your family, and bring transformation, I would suggest this be a wonderful, wonderful Christmas present. and Simran, you really, really know how to speak eloquently and write eloquently. Um, I want to keep moving forward with the book. So I uh, tell me uh, the roles that teachers and mentors and masters and gurus play um, and how you see that.
1: Well, I think that we uh, have, have placed them up on these pedestals and we have put them in positions as if we are to follow but if we are here as experience experiencing itself, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to those that we want to name as teachers and gurus by following them. What if they are there just as your mirror, just to show you your brilliance, your power, your truth? What if it is has nothing to do with what they're teaching or what they've created or the next product that they've they've gotten to sell to you? What if it's not about getting a degree or a certification or becoming the next person that does this particular thing. What if it's more about you just experiencing yourself? What if you went to a workshop or read a book, and rather than making it about the person who did it or the person that's on stage, you made it about you? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Who are you in that environment? That's what we're here to do. We're here to become enlightened to ourselves. When we place these teachers and gurus on a pedestal and we run after them and we follow them, we are doing nothing but becoming a pack of drones, robots that follow everybody. And that's why we've become more homogenized as humans. The fact is, we each have our unique genius we each have this special piece of the divine puzzle, and we're here to illustrate and embody that and put it out into the world. These other people simply are the examples of, of what you are to do. They are embodying and putting out into the world their unique genius. You're not supposed to put theirs on. You're supposed to go create your own.
2: Absolutely, and you're speaking from personal experience, and so at this point, I'd like you just to um, tell people of the journey that you've been through. You've uh, surpassed cultural um, barriers. You've um, made yourself a fierce uh, woman in business. Just ad lib on that so that people know how you journeyed.
1: Much of this book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, was written kind of alongside a journey that I took, which was the Rebel Road Tour. And I've always been the type of person that wants to be an example for other people. I don't want followers. I just want people to look at what I've done and then take that to their own lives and create their own way. And what I learned was there were so many things that I wanted to do, but I had no idea how. And that's where a lot of us are. We don't step into our dreams or we don't step into things that make us fill up with joy because we come up with these excuses. We decide we don't know how or we're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We're not certified. People won't understand. We're not in the right uh, economic class or social class. We have too many bills. We have all kinds of excuses that keep us from living our dreams. And so last year, I, I, or two years ago, I left an arranged marriage of 18 years, and I didn't want to live the life I had always lived. And I had done a lot of spiritual work and created a lot of beautiful things. But as a person in spirituality and inspiration, I found myself sitting there very content, at peace, living a nice life. But I had to question where's the bliss? Where's that bliss that everyone talks about, that when you get to this place, it's supposed to happen, and it wasn't there? And so I had to dig inside and say, what's going on here? Why am I not in the place of of pure bliss? And the reason was, is because I still wasn't living out all the dreams and the creations that were in my belly, in my core, that wanted to birth. And so as I started to uncover what some of those things were, comedy, song, standing on stage and telling stories, getting in an RV and traveling the country, all of a sudden the mind stepped in and said, you can't do that. You don't know how. You've never sung. You don't have a funny bone in your body. You don't know how to stand up on stage and speak. You can't drive an RV. You don't even have an RV. How can you do that? All the doubts crept in, just like for each of us. We talk ourselves out of our dreams and what we want because of what we think we're deficient in and so i started to think about earth and i started to think about how it has evolved and even plant life if you look at a plant and it begins as a seed in the ground the seed is not saying i want to become a rose bush i want to become a rose the seed is really quite content being the seed until it's not and then all of a sudden it discovers that it is a shoot that has come up out of the ground And at that point, it's not saying, gosh, I wish I had leaves. I wish I had some thorns. I wish I had some flowers. It's really happy being the stalk until one day it has leaves. And then another day, it's actually a full-bloomed flower. So what if we don't have to know how? And what if we just showed up and we just stayed in the place of where we are? What could happen? And so I set out on the road and decided that I was going to do all of these things without a clue as to how I was going to do them, not being trained, not even knowing what I was going to say when I got up on stage. I was going to let it all be spontaneous. I was going to let everything come to me rather than me running after it. And what I discovered is the magic of life, because it ended up that everything I needed showed up. And every time I showed up on stage, the right words appeared out of my mouth. Songs were there. I didn't know how to do it the first show, and honestly, was not very good. But the people in the audience got what they needed. They came up in gratitude, in celebration, many in tears. And by the time I finished the 66th show, I knew how to sing. I was actually funny. I was invited to the 28th World Congress on Illumination as a main speaker. And that just showed up out of the blue. We are experience experiencing itself. We're not supposed to get it right the first time. We're supposed to experience ourselves along the way. So what are you holding back? What are you holding back from? Simply because you've made up an excuse of why you can't have it.
2: Wow, that it's amazing how uh, I can just feel the passion and I can feel the, the truth and authenticity in, in your presentation. And uh, it, it is a journey, and we do hold back and we all have fear. So you know, what does fear really stand for? and how do we overcome that aspect of uh, what, what we are experiencing?
1: You know, a lot of people look at fear as something that um, is paralyzing and takes us places we don't want to go. And what I like people to realize is that fear is necessary. We wouldn't move, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't grow without it. But we have an incorrect impression of fear because we learned it from the big people. You see, the big people taught us that when we get this knot in our stomach or this lump in our throat... Or we start to sweat. Or something looks uh, out there unknown that we've never seen before. That we're supposed to go into fear and we're supposed to stop and we're supposed to turn away or we're supposed to say no. What I'd like to offer you is, what happens when you get excited? Well, when I get excited, I get a knot in my stomach. I get a lump in my throat. I might sweat a little bit. There will be this idea of, I have no clue what's out there in that unknown. But instead of stopping, I'm going to go. So I invite you to look at fear as something different. If you took at the letters F-E-A-R, allow them to represent feeling excited about reality. Feeling excited about reality. Because in fact, excitement and fear are the same sensations in the body. It's what you choose to do with it that makes the difference as to whether doors open or whether the doors stay closed. You are the creator of your own reality. In our mindset, our attitude, our ability to step ahead makes every difference in the world as to the kind of experience that you have. Whatever it is that you want is waiting right there. You can have what you want, but have what's good for you. Have what brings you joy. Have what fills you up. Have what allows you to be the creative, spontaneous being that you were born to be that's what we each are feeling excited about reality
2: it's very similar I I use inspirational uh, metaphors in my daily life and my uh, one that I use is um, uh, I have everything I need and um, oh gosh now I forgot it so (laughs) I can't recall it um, when I say it all the time uh... so Uh, Let's move on then, and let me get to the part, what's the favorite part of the book for you?
1: I think the favorite part of the book for me is stepping into the childish nature. Most of the rest of the book really brings people back into the essence of childhood, and a lot of us take that for granted. Um, For me, I never had a childhood. I began working at the age of four. So I didn't know what it was like even to be a child, to go to playgrounds, to spend the night, have spend the night parties, to um, have birthday parties, to do anything that a child did, because I didn't do that. I just worked. And so, first of all, for me to even write this book um, was pretty fascinating, because I didn't even know what a child did, yet all of this information came forward. And I think when you read this, whether or not you had the childhood, whether or not you know how to play, you will rediscover it or you will discover it. There are essences that a child holds, that we hold inside. They never leave us. They just get covered over by the experiences that we have. And some of those essences are things like divine wonder or divine confidence and curiosity or impulse or humor. And to just say the words doesn't really let you into the full embodiment of it. But when you see how children actually utilize that and create their lives from it, then all of a sudden it helps you learn how to live your own life. Many of us are in relationships that are trying at times or create struggle. And when we leave a relationship, whether it's work or whether it's personal, oftentimes we carry that baggage into every other experience of our life. Well, I want you just to imagine children on a playground, and I want you to imagine all the different pieces of equipment that are on a playground, a swing set, a seesaw, a slide, a merry-go-round, and imagine being a child and going onto that playground and seeing that merry-go-round and getting on there and, and spinning just as fast as you can with the wind in your hair and feeling the joy of being that free, going that fast in that moment, and then all of a sudden you see the slide. And you run over to the slide, and you go up and down and up and down, and you could do it a hundred times, and it still would feel just as good the next time you went down and climbed back up. That's the way a child feels. But we adults, if we did playground the same way we do life, the moment we saw that slide, we would pick up the merry-go-round and put it on our back and carry it over to the slide and try to go down the slide with the merry-go-round around our back. (laughs) That's what we do with life. What child do you see carrying their baggage, their playground equipment with them? None of them. They have the experience and they move on. That's one of the essences that's in the book. They're subtle but beautiful ways to really go back and look at life, to not take it so seriously, to start to understand that innocence is just an eye-opening away and you can be right back as you were in the essence of a child and have a completely new view of the world and of life.
2: Um, I, I didn't have a great childhood either, but I did. I was gifted through Source to have two children who I got to experience that beauty that you're talking about, that innocence, that uh, forte of just um, freedom. And. Mm. Uh, it, it is amazing, and I, I'm so happy that you're experiencing your four-year-old because it's such a, a wonderful experience to have children. And uh, it is like uh, you say in the book. It brings you uh, your metaphor now of carrying that uh, merry-go-round on your back down the slide. It's uh, That's the old paradigm, and we're shifting from that. And today I'm talking with Semran Singh. Uh, We're talking about her book, Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love and Courage and Commitment in the New Dawn. And so we are in the New Dawn. We're at the uh, um, bottom of the hour, Simran, so let me just run a couple commercials really quickly, and then I want to get right back. I, I love talking to you. I think uh, what you say is um, amazing, and the eloquence of the symbology of the and the metaphors are just wonderful. So we'll be right back. Um, and the, to the people in the chat room, thank you for showing up today. And um, all the website information, you can... Contact Simran at www.simran-singh.com and uh, that's all posted in the chat room. Uh, So if you want to get that information, you can go and check out our website right now and we'll just do a couple real quick commercials.
0: Connect with Master Teacher Reverend James Ellis at Ascension Soul Wisdom where he offers a path to true awakening. Offering intuitive readings and healings. Purchase an Origin Healing and get to the core source of your Discord with the most comprehensive Ascension method available. Purchase Reverend James Ellis's internationally recognized new e-book, Channeling, and learn how to channel your spirit guides. Available on Amazon and on his website at www.ascensionsoulwisdom.com. Ascension Soul Wisdom provides private sessions and online channeling classes. If you are interested and ready to open up to the gifts available in this new Ascension paradigm, go to www.ascensionsoulwisdom.com. Find love and happiness, read free blogs, and join the mailing list. Do you eat? (laughs) Of course you do.
1: Like most Americans, you probably have tried a diet or two. And you probably dropped a diet or two as well. Sound familiar? Nourish You is a revolutionary mind-body-spirit nourishment course where you discover your body's ideal diet. Your nourishment needs go deeper than what you put on your plate. In nine weeks, you will discover exactly how to release weight, gain energy, and feel great about how you are nourishing you. Learn more at AnticaLibby.com.
2: Well, we're back from those two wonderful commercials and we're here with Simran Singh whose website is wwwsimran singcom and we're talking about her new book, Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and the Commitment in the New Dawn. And I welcome back Simran and I'd like to start this half of the show with a uh, unit... You know, do we all have the ability to tap into our highest essence, and how how can we do that?
1: We certainly do. I wrote a book prior to your journey to enlightenment, and it was called Conversations with the Universe." And it was very much the beginning of my spiritual journey and seeing a set of numbers repeatedly, eleven, one, eleven, and eleven, eleven, so many times up to twenty five times a day, realizing that the universe was really having a conversation with me. And this happens for all of us. We are all getting conversations in our own ways. They show up at first as repetitions, things that we see repeatedly that we want to call coincidence or we want to call synchronicity, but they're actually the universe trying to get our attention and trying to help us know that there are open doorways for us if we're willing to walk through and stay in conversation. That in fact, everything in our world is simply just another version of us. You are not in the world. You are actually every piece and part of the world speaking back to you about you. And so that book goes into all of the different ways that we have created a world that speaks back to us and how it leads us uh, even in the obstacles and challenges in a conversation to attain our greatest and best self, the awareness of that greatest and best self. And throughout the book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, I place some poetry to help you have a dialogue with the universe, to to hear what the universe is trying to call you back to. And if it's okay, James, I'd love to share one of those passages with your audience so that they can hear what the universe is really trying to get across to them today.
2: Absolutely. It's my honor to hear it.
1: Well, I invite you all to close your eyes and sit back and imagine that you are sitting uh in the basking of the entire universe surrounding you, that it's only you and the stars and the solar system and the sun and the moon and the sky. And the universe is speaking directly to you. I want to play with you. Ups and downs. Where they go, nobody knows. I am tall. I am small. I am narrow. I am wide. Who am I? You birthed as a divine aha moment. A sacred giggle had you be... In the lightness of love, all of creation had a moment where love fell in love with the thought of you. A stroke of insight and a splash of color, the casting of flesh created like no other, divinely designed spiritual technology engaging sacred entertainment. A divine comedy, a divine tragedy, stories layered upon one another, the great novel of the universe spanning all space and time epic, uber, legendary, written in the stars eons ago. We have forgotten how to play. We have forgotten how to play. It's time to remember. Will you play with me? Will you play with me? That is what the universe is asking, James. The universe desires to play. The universe has a sense of humor. The universe is light and wants you to be light. In all of your interactions, get out of your seriousness and learn how to play with life, how to play with each other, how to play with your dreams and your aspirations, how to play with all that you are and all that you embody around you. That is the purpose for us being here.
2: Now, is this an audio book? Because it sure should be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Maybe that'll happen one day.
2: <laughs> you need to do it yourself because um, you know I I have to pay attention because I'm you know the host and uh, I I got lost in that. Uh, I you know it's kind of amazing. The book is that inspirational. The whole thing just and just as I got lost in that, the book takes you to places that inspire you to truly you know, uh, arrive, and and it's uh, arriving is through self-evolvement uh, um, or evolution. So, what is the role of love and devotion? How do you see it?
1: Well, I think that love is something that none of us really understand, because we've never had people that showed us what real love was. I think we have taken on versions of what we think are love, and in fact, all of those versions are love. Are simply calls for love varying shades of gray that are actually fear so if we were to decide what love is it would mean really choosing ourselves and that would mean being in complete devotion to the self the universe is actually inside of you we think it's outside everything out there looks and feels real it tastes and smells like it's real but it really is all projection it is all reflection what we are here to do is discover the universe on the inside. And to do that, it requires utter and pure devotion. It requires us to understand that the lover and the beloved is actually one and the same. That it is the light and the dark that is the lover and the beloved. That it is the self that we are to turn back to rather than looking outside. And so when we decide to be what I called the creative rebel and that means stepping out of our replication where we want to be the sameness of everyone else where we want to to wear the latest trend or where we want to read the latest book or we want to be like the latest celebrity when we can step out of that and just honor those things for what they are and decide that we're going to be our own creative rebel and we're going to listen to the song in our soul and the artistry that is within us and express that, then all of a sudden we are in devotion to ourselves because we're listening to the calling of our own heart, the calling of our own essence, our divine universe. And when we are in devotion to that place, that is the place of true unconditional love. Because when you can be so devoted that you see nothing but that, You'll create brilliance and illumination in the world, and everything you need will actually make its way to you. Now, a lot of people may say, gosh, that's awfully selfish. If you're just devoted completely to yourself, then what about the rest of the world? What about poverty and, and famine and war and all of these horrific things? What about Ebola and all of these issues that are facing the world right now? You see, the creative rebel understands there's nothing to fix out there and there's nothing to fix really in here. That we are simply here to be in the image and likeness of our Creator, and what is that? It's not a gray-bearded man in the sky, nor is it a woman. It is actually creation itself. We are the image and likeness of creation, which means we are here to continuously create. The creative rebel understands that by putting energy on those things, even pushing against them, or fighting for them, or fighting for causes that support uh, a way out of them. We are putting energy into them, which is just expanding the same problems. The creative rebel understands that if we were to put that same energy into everything that brings us joy, all of our dreams and our aspirations, and all of that energy stayed in that place, then all of a sudden there would be no energy on the stuff outside. And inspiration will bubble up solutions that actually would serve the greater good. You see, our best thinking got us where we are. So thinking our way out is not going to help. But being inspired and inspiring, that is where all of the solutions will come from.
2: Um, I'm an artist. Uh, I do drawings and paintings. I'm a musician. I'm a Uh, a master gardener and I've taken all these avenues in pursuit of that happiness but I've realized that it is through creativity that I find my true happiness and uh, I think your book inspires people to really uh, become that rebel and I I like to say I like to be one of your rebel followers (laughs) Um, (laughs) And if anybody'd like to call in, the show call in number is 828 419 0986. We're talking with Simran Singh and about her book, Your Journey. To light enlightenment, twelve guiding principles of love, courage, and commitment in the new dawn, and we are in a new dawn. And I love how you're bringing forth the information. Uh, s- some things that I need clarity on are like, what do you mean by a replicated human or a creative rebel?
1: The the replicated human is that that person that has kind of become the Stepford human. It's it's the one that that has what everyone else has, that aspires to live the life that we've been told is the American dream or the natural way to live or whatever has become too common. We And we're making even more common because we are supposed to be unique. We're supposed to be individual. We are unique geniuses. And by allowing ourselves to be that difference, we actually add to the oneness. But by being the same, We've, we've completely subtracted everything that would make us one. So we need to allow ourselves to be uh, who we are from the inside out, not becoming who we are from the outside in. And that's what's happening. That is the replication. When I talk about courage, a lot of people think that courage is the opposite of fear. I had so many people that would come up to me throughout the year as I did my one-woman show And they would say, oh my gosh, you're so courageous, what you're doing, traveling in this way in an RV with your two kids, or getting up on stage, or not knowing how to do this stuff, and doing it anyway. It it just takes such courage. And what I want you to realize is courage is not the opposite of fear. Courage is the opposite of conformity. Where have you conformed in life? Where have you conformed to the ways of your family or the ways of your town or the ways of your culture or your society just to try to fit in so that you could be loved? That's where most of us lose our creative rebel We lose our unique genius is because we're doing everything just so that people won't be mad, won't be upset, so that people will love us. Well, if you really look at your life, the very things that you're trying not to happen, it's not happening anyway. You'll find that the people that are going to be mad at you are going to be mad at you anyway. The people that you want to love you probably aren't loving you anyway. So why not be devoted to yourself? Why not have that commitment to you, the commitment to your life, the commitment to you having and creating what it is that you desire? Because the very best thing you can do on this planet is be so committed to yourself that you are the example to other people to do the same. And when we do that, we create a whole new legion of people that are the new dawn. And that new dawn has two meanings. There's a new dawn, yes, awakening on the planet. There's a new time. This is the golden age. We're going to see a lot of change that does take place. And that change is probably going to uh, have some crumbling that happens before it has the real change. But new dawn means a new dawning inside of yourself. Where's the new dawning where you see the light of yourself? Where you see the light and brilliance that you're here to shine, not for anyone else, but for you. And because you shine it for you, the radiance can't help but be cast outward and reflect onto other people as well.
2: Uh, and earlier you mentioned shades of gray, and I wrote a song. How can you live with shades of gray? And I think once you become the light, there is there's no more gray. It's just truly uh, joy, happiness, peace, tranquility, and essence of connection to the oneness. And it's uh, an amazing experience. Um, and once we get rid of those shades of gray, there we lose that fear as you open to happiness you be more happiness comes to you and did you find your bliss
1: you know I do I think I think what I I have this real reverence for the shadow and I I recognize that the shadow is actually uh, the lover and 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 other part of the beloved I I embrace even the shades of gray and and I'm one of those people that when there comes sadness or there needs to be a good cry, oh my goodness, I love a good cry. And I think that's where the bliss is. When you can really just be with whatever emotion shows up and it not, not effect, affect your day, but actually affect you. Because when something affects you, it turns your world upside down. It becomes a hurricane or a tornado that just comes through, and all of a sudden there's just shambles left. But when you can have any and all emotions, and it doesn't matter if they show up, and you can be affected by it, it means creativity and more inspiration is going to be birthed out of it. And you know that. You know that, that something that is happening that may not feel so good is not good or bad it is just a turning inward it is going back into the cocoon again so that something even more brilliant can be birthed i think the bliss comes when we really allow that ebb and flow of life and understand it is all part of the creative process just like the seasons in a year we're going to have our winters our springs our falls and our summers and when we can just let those seasons happen within us all of a sudden, we see the brilliance of color that you're talking about.
2: Yes, and so to move forward, I'd like to just uh, ask you, what does the Rebel Road have to do with DNA and the Fountain of Youth?
1: So as I went on the Rebel Road, what I discovered was really diving into the unknown self and doing things that I'd never done before, and even not knowing how or what was going to show up in the next moment, there was an exhilaration and an excitement that took place. And because there was such an exhilaration that was taking place in my heart, in my mind, all of a sudden I could feel it in my body. And I actually could see my skin changing and I could feel the energy of my body changing. When we allow ourselves to be so fulfilled with energy of excitement and enthusiasm, then what we're doing is we're opening up in every single cell of our body. So imagine every cell of your body as a champagne bottle and the corks being popped on every single one at the same time. All of that excitement and fizz and joy and happiness and celebration happening all of the time. That is the fountain of youth, and you'll see that it affects your health, it allows you to get healthy, it allows you to feel happier, it allows synchronicity to show up in your life, it allows you to appear more youthful, and your your glow to be even brighter. When we can stay in that place of enthusiasm, regardless of what's showing up, you can't help but be more alive, and now is the time to create a new world experience of aliveness. That is the mission for each and every one of us. That is the mission for my work on the planet.
2: Well, it's interesting, as you probably noticed right before the show, that I'm uh, quite a bit more manic than on air, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's that excitement. I get excited at every show, where I uh, that adrenaline rush comes in, and uh, it's it, it is exciting, and. So, what do you love most about your profession, what you're doing?
1: I love the opportunity to really get up every single morning and do whatever I want. (laughs) That is what I learned throughout the past two years uh, through this Rebel Road journey, uh, to really trust. And if you're a person that has a hard time trusting, then I urge you to also read my first book, Conversations with the Universe. The intention of that book is to let you know that the universe has your back That there are signs and symbols and synchronicities showing up in each and every day, many times a day, that is the universe speaking to you so that you can develop more trust. I think one of the hardest things for anybody to do is to say, I'm going to stop doing everything I don't like doing and only do everything that I love to do. Because we go into our heads and go, we can't possibly do that. How would you support yourself and how do you know that it's going to work? And I am living proof that you can do that. Because I get up every single morning and I do exactly what it is that I want to do, whether it is writing a children's story or writing a novel or writing another book or taking a walk or creating a show or writing a song or playing in my garden. Whatever I want to do, I do. And that's because I am in love, courage, commitment, and devotion to myself. And because I do that, I'm able to serve in the world. I'm able to share that without getting tired or exhausted. I don't have to deplete myself or my resources. I can simply be with myself, creating with myself, and everything I have flows out and back in again. That is the true giving and receiving that we are each here to have as our divine right, but we have to be willing to believe it. We have to be willing to give it to ourselves. And then we have to be willing to allow and receive it back to us.
2: Amazing. And it, it it's a wonderful way to live. I'm, I'm a creative person. And I think creative people have a tendency not to follow the norm or structure of business, <laughs> which can be good and bad. But... Um, it. It definitely makes for a happier time or a more joyous. Uh, do you have... Who inspired you? You know, this didn't just come out of the nowhere, right? Or did you actually create yourself through your own inspiration?
1: I think that everything that I've done uh, happened out of a desire and a need to heal and understand why my life looked the way it looked. Um, I have experienced almost everything anyone could possibly experience in terms of chaos turmoil and tragedy and so I really needed to understand how the universe worked and I've gotten a glimpse of something I think most people don't get when you ask me who inspires me the average person inspires me it's amazing to me that we get out of bed each morning It's amazing to me that we put our feet on the floor and we stand up, that we feed our kids as single parents, or that we go to jobs that that we may not love because we feel like we have to support people, or that we have soldiers that go to war. I'm amazed and inspired by what people do, uh, the divorces they go through, the, the children that they lose, the tragedy that occurs in a person's life, and they stand right back up. The human spirit is one of the most beautiful things I have ever witnessed. And I see how we have no ceiling as to what we can have if we allow ourselves. So I think I celebrate people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King and Oprah and all of these amazingly brilliant lights in the world that have shown us and taught us so many things I celebrate them but I admire the average everyday person that simply wakes up every single day to a brand new day sometimes open to a new dream sometimes not knowing where the dream is but still willing to get back up
2: wow that's amazing <laughs> um you and it's just like your book it, your book's amazing It it's brings forth information in such a genuine or authentic uh, way the book is journey to enlightenment 12 guiding principles of love courage and a commitment in the new dawn this is simran Singh, who's been uh, the most wonderful host i loved when you read on the show Um, do you have any final closing words because we're coming close to the end of the show
1: Uh, The final thing that I'd like to say is uh, a mantra that I have had for the last decade as I moved from my place of brokenness to where I am now, and I continue to use this as my signature, and that is, in love, of love, with love, and as love. You are in love all of the time. You are with love all of the time. You are of love in each and every moment. You are simply here to be as love. In every breath, word, action, and step. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart
0: to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember you are not on the journey you are the journey